You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. I'm Anthony Kastrovitz, joined by Jeffrey Flanagan. He joins us from Surprise, Arizona, where the Royals uh, continue the build-up to their 2016 campaign, their defense of their world championship title. But they're going to go with the opening day roster without Balbino Fuenmayer, and that's, uh, of course, Jeffrey's favorite player uh, in a Royals uniform. So my condolences, Jeffrey, on, on the great Balbino being cut, uh, being on the first round of cuts. Yeah, you know, there'll be brighter days ahead, right? Uh, he, he won't be gone that long. He's going to be uh, on the travel squad uh, tomorrow. Uh, it's a good year, and then he's going to San Antonio for the weekend. So they'll look oh. at a pretty good look at him. Basically, I mean, guys like Bubba Starling, too, and Kyle Zimmer, uh, they just need to get more reps and more bats and more innings so uh, they can be easier at the minor league camp. Well, it's good to hear he'll, he'll still be on the periphery, at least. Um, so I want to uh, do some shameless uh, self-promotion and say uh, i got a piece on Dayton Moore on Sports on Earth this week just about uh, his mindset as a general manager and a guy who really uh, defers and and empowers the, the people underneath him uh, in that Royals front office. But, Jeffrey, that seems to me to be uh, uh, maybe an underrated element of what the Royals have built here. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, Dayton and his staff have done a great job finding those undervalued assets in free agency and, uh, and sticking with the young kids at times where it might have been difficult to have patience with them and all those things. But there's also uh, just an element of, uh, of real togetherness on that front office staff where, um, you know, the, the scouts uh, direct the scout meetings. The coaches direct the coaching meetings. There's not a guy who uh, has a tremendous amount of ego and, and, and tries to get his hands on everything. He, he really knows how to delegate it, um, yeah. you know, from, from talking to him and talking to people over there. Yeah, everybody's involved, uh, and he makes sure that happens. And, you know, right down to the coaching staff, too, Ned's evolved a little bit uh, over the last couple of years and, and, you know, given authority for his coaching staff. But, you know, we saw that a little bit this morning, too. They were giving out their minor league awards, and uh, all the, the major league guys that are going to be on the 25 roster were there, and, and all the minor league people, all the coaches, the scouts, uh, they're all involved. And uh, it's a nice little moment they do each spring for their annual awards, and it just kind of shows you how, how Dayton does trust. Uh, I think that's the key word in this organization is they just trust everybody to do their job. and. Um, and they, they all feel a part of this world championship that came up again today. And, you know, even if you're a minor league coach, you feel like you're a part of it. So, yeah, that's definitely one of the underrated uh, elements of Dayton's leadership. Yeah, he said to me, it, I mean, sometimes success changes people. You just you see that or it changes an organization. But he said to me that he's very protective of, of what they built there. And, um, you know, him not being a confrontational person, but uh, – He'll be very protective of if he ever sees uh, any elements getting out of line there. Uh, the, you know, it's it's one thing we, we see it all the time in baseball. It's one thing to build success, another to sustain it. Um, but they got a they got a great group there as far as sustaining the success and, uh, and keeping it going. But but Jeffrey, uh, not a great start to the Cactus League season. Uh, five and nine as we record this, they're not scoring many runs. I'm sure there's panic in the clubhouse, correct? <laughs> yeah, there is a lot. Uh, I, I bet there isn't one person in the in the clubhouse who even knows what the record is. So, uh, <laughs> I had to look. You know, it, it, you know, and I talked to Ned about that yesterday too. And, and it's just because last year they they came in and I think they won ten of their first eleven, and they just beat yeah. the living heck out of everybody. And 
Uh, they were hitting Nash in the ball, but but the difference is basically he's because he's had two deep runs into the playoffs. He's really resting his regulars early in camp and making sure that they don't get you know wore out. And very rare are guys playing back to back days. So you're looking at a lineup that on most days might have four regulars in it, uh, and then a bunch of minor leaguers or, or fringe guys trying to make the roster. So uh, as we heat up a little bit toward the middle of March and then at the end of March, you're going to see. More regulars uh, in the lineup, more uh, uh, playing time uh, on a weekly basis for these guys, and and they'll get their hitting, their timing down, their hitting stroke down, and you'll probably start to see a little bit more offense. But uh, yeah, not not a major concern when you're we're losing these uh, meaningless games. Yeah, not not a lot of concern about the team's slow start, but I did want to talk about Kyle Zimmer's slow fastball or slower. Yeah, uh, this is obviously an important depth piece for for the Royals. I saw the reports that he was sitting around 88, 89 miles an hour. He's usually uh, up towards the mid 90s. Uh, what do you think is going on there? Is this Zimmer building into the the season, or is this something cause for concern? Well, I, I, I talked to both Kyle and and pitching coach Dave Island about that yesterday, and. Not a whole lot of concern there. I mean, there is a potential for a red flag because of all the uh, arm and shoulder issues that he's had uh, throughout his brief career. But this time, uh, as you know, Anthony, this time of March, these guys have been throwing on a throwing schedule for about a month. You run into a little bit of dead arm, a little bit of fatigue. You know, we even saw that with Giordano Ventura, whose fastball in the last outing was, I think, around 92, and he's normally in the mid to upper 90s. Um, just kind of normally, he doesn't want to push guys right now, so... It'll be interesting to see how Zimmer bounces back. Um, you know, he is a guy that normally sits around 93, 94. He can touch 96, 97. And to see him at 88, 89 the other day was a little bit alarming. But, uh, you know, you, you have to trust that the Royals coaching staff knows what they're doing and uh, that this is kind of camp-wide at this point. A lot of pitchers are going through that. So, But it's certainly something to keep an eye on because of his past history with injuries uh, if he doesn't bounce back in the next week or two. Uh, Chris Medlin had a scary moment the other day. Uh, David Peralta's comebacker missed his head by, what, about an inch or so? Yeah, it was pretty scary for him, too. Uh, uh, it took him, I think, about 30, 30, 45 seconds just to kind of calm down. Uh, you know, when you have something coming back at that velocity uh, right at your head, uh, it, it uh, certainly scares you. Uh, uh, he bounced back, actually, and pitched pretty well after that. So um, he had a, kind of a rough start that game, but... Uh, Came back. I think he got his 50 pitches in and um, you know, threw two scoreless innings and uh, looked pretty good down here. I mean, you just you can't weigh too much in results in spring training. Uh, they're, they're working like that day. He's happened to be working just on his fastball command. So a lot of these uh, younger hitters are just sitting first ball fastball. So you know you're going to see some runs. Then you're going to see some you know typical Arizona home runs, wind blown, you know, desert air and. Uh, rock hard infield, so it's, it's kind of hard to judge results down here. But yeah, definitely a scary moment for Chris. But he got through it and was even able to laugh about it a little bit afterward. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah, scary moment there. Um, you know what's scary to me is Whit Merrifield's diet. <laughs> uh, you wrote a bit about this guy. He's trying to crack the roster as a utility man, and he's got an interesting, uh, interesting off-season program where he's working out a few times a day and eating seven meals a day, not just seven times a day. We're talking about seven meals a day. Yeah. Uh, how exactly How exactly do you do that and, and survive? I, it, he said it took him a couple weeks just to adjust, which you would think. I mean, when you're working out that much and eating that much, I mean, it's got to take a while for your stomach to get used to that. And he said he did 
get sick several times, but I had to go back over my recorder and listen about four times for he said he ate nine eggs in the morning with oatmeal. <laughs> I'm thinking, how do you even do that? I mean, and I forgot to ask him, what does he scramble them? Are they boil? Right. Does, does he do it rock? Does he do it Rocky style? Or he just puts it in a big glass and just drinks it or what? You know, it's just that is a lot of eggs. You know, so uh, and plus he eats you know chicken and vegetables and rice three times a day. Uh, then he has a, a big dinner with red meat, um, mix in some uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and some protein shakes. I mean, it's just, I can't imagine what the calorie count was. He didn't know, but it's got to be in the 7,000, 8,000 range. Um, but then he was working out three, four times a day, too. And uh, he's right now, he's actually, uh, the Royals and their front office and the coaching staff are talking him up pretty good that he could be a, a 25th man. Uh, as, a, as a super utility guy, he can play basically every position on the diamond except catcher. So uh, with the cuts they made today, too, uh, he's definitely in line to be that 25th man. Uh, Raymond Fuentes has probably got the edge for the fourth outfielder spot, and they could use Whitfield as a, as a guy who could move from the outfield to the infield. So uh, he survived today's cuts, and right now he's, uh, he's got a decent chance to make the club. Well, if he does, they might have to give him double per diem on the road because I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if the standard per diem could cover seven meals. Uh, you mentioned Fuentes as uh, likely uh, filling Gerard Dyson's opening day roster spot. What does he bring to this club? He's kind of, uh, you know, I hate to say this term, but he's kind of a poor man's Gerard Dyson. He's not quite as fast, but he's left-handed, uh, puts the ball in play. He's probably a better bunter than Gerard. Uh, plays really good defense. He fits the Royals' profile. He's an athletic guy. Uh, left-handed, um, you know, has been around for my first-round pick. Uh, hit over 300 last year at Omaha. Uh, they like it, but they've seen far from him. I know Ned has, and um, you know they've got about two or three weeks after the regular season starts where they'll still have you know on the DL. So uh, he seems like to me he, he seems like he'd be the natural fit as the fourth guy, fourth outfielder. All right, I want to ask you about one more uh, bench-type guy, Terrence Gore. He went 0 for 9, I believe, in camp last year. He got his first hit of the 2016 Cactus League season, and it sounds like they celebrated it accordingly. Yeah, they, uh, the, the players, the minor leaguers, forgot to hit him the ball, um, and he got ripped a lot in the dugout because he wears number zero, and they, they could have that. They should, now he finally got a hit. They were going to change his, his jersey number to, to one. Uh, and well, anyway, they couldn't <laughs> find the ball, and so Russ Simpson, colorful first base coach, uh, Went and found out an old beat-up baseball and signed it to Gore first spring training or something like that. And the cover was slightly torn off. And he, <laughs> handed, it, he handed it to Terrence and said, man, you just ripped the cover off that. So uh, Terrence had, had a good time with that, and the players certainly did in the, in the dugout. But uh, he's still here, too. I mean, I, I don't think he's a viable candidate for one of the backup jobs, but uh, we all know what kind of speed he has. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it being a long spring, you got to break up the monotony every so often. So absolutely, the Royals were able to do that. All right, Jeffrey Flanagan. Uh, I want to thank him for joining us. Thank you all for tuning in. This is MLB.com Extras, Kansas City Royals edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.